Let's get down to business. Welcome to Profits and Purpose, a Colorado Business Roundtable production that unapologetically tells the stories of business is good through conversations with Colorado's business leaders. Please welcome your host, the president of the Colorado Business Roundtable, Debbie Brown. Hi, welcome to the Colorado Business Roundtable podcast, and I'm really excited today to welcome Sally Dyer. She's the vice president, manufacturing operations of Avexis um, and the site center that's located in Longmont. And really excited because Sally is accountable not only for the overall business and performance of the site, she also works with highly skilled team members who use the company's values of integrity, tenacity, and teamwork to deliver high quality products to patients. So welcome, Sally. I know you've also got some other great background in um, in your field, and we want to hear more about that. Um, but welcome today to join our partners with Colorado Business Roundtable. Hello, Debbie, and uh, hello to your listeners, and thanks for having me today. I'm delighted to, to be here and be able to talk with you guys today. Perfect. And it's really great timing especially to hear about what you're working on in terms of the current health crisis and how important your facility is, not only as an economic driver for Colorado, but actually the incredible work that you're doing to better people's lives. But before we jump into all that, it's always fun to meet women who are leaders in their industry and leading in Colorado. Um, Tell me more just about your journey and how you ended up where you are today? Yeah, this uh, this is a, a interesting question. I um, I never necessarily think about myself um, that way, but I think I I like to think I ended up here just uh, with you know the old fashioned way, you know, through hard work and taking some risks, uh, you know, along the way and following my passion um, as it developed over the course of my career. I have had a lot of uh, enjoyment across my career, working in lots of different parts of the world and different parts of the industry. Um, and I think uh, through those experiences in different cultures, um, as well as uh, watching the industry grow over the last 25 years, um, has really uh, just led me uh, down the path of uh, making sure uh, I am committed to making products and medicine for patients. And today I'm really thrilled to be uh, leading this site uh, in Colorado with such a great group of people. Um, we share a passion around serving patients. Um, and making therapies, and with the gene therapy space, uh, which is where um, Avexis Therapeutics are focused, it's really the newest in the biotechnology industry. So uh, I'm enjoying now being at the uh, at the forefront of that innovation. And that's critical. How many, and we'll get into this more too in detail, but how many employees are at that site currently? Um, we have, we're approaching about 400 uh, staff on site uh, that, that span uh, manufacturing, quality, quality control, um, process development, uh, supply chain operations, and engineering operations. So we have a broad uh, skill set of talent working at the site in Longmont. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And I always find it fun, you know, what I do besides Colorado Business Roundtable, I'm very active in the Women's Chamber of Commerce. I do some mentoring of women across the country. I find it really interesting, especially to see women rise to positions of leadership. Was there someone in your life that helped encourage you to take a step out? You mentioned taking risks. Was there someone that helped you kind of navigate that? Or did you feel like you were kind of internally driven from the start? Probably all of it. I I have had a tendency for leadership, I think. Um, since very early on, I think my parents would tell you that when I was in kindergarten, my report card said Sally is very competent. Um, and so I was uh, the youngest of three 
daughters, I probably learned in that space to take the lead uh, whenever I could. But I would highlight my parents, you know, their work ethic I observed growing up. They're the hardest working people I know, even now when they're in their 70s, they're still um, out there doing what they uh, are passionate about. And so with that, you know, they volunteer their time and energy to any colleague, friend, uh, or family member who needs it. And I saw that as really leadership through fellowship. And that was really how I uh, gravitated toward this. And I think those are the values that I bring as a leader in my, uh, in my organization today. Mm, that's a great point. Um, I learned so much from my parents as well and try to model that now for my own kids as they're beginning their careers. And it's, uh, I think my folks especially will probably want to listen to this podcast because <laughs> my mom was a science teacher and a high school science teacher. My dad was a physics major, which he likes to remind me about. And they've just got such a draw towards science and, um, you know, are very fascinated about it to this day as older, as older um, adults. But what drew you to science? How was that for you? You know, there's so much emphasis on trying to uh, bring more um, young men and women into STEM fields. Were you always interested in STEM? Yes, and it, it started really from my um, interest and attraction to the natural world. So I spent a lot of time outdoors um, observing and, and seeing how things uh, work together. Um, and so when I went to study in college, it was a natural tendency for me to enter science. I have a degree in biology, and uh, I think the timing is also important as you are growing up and what your career path turns out to be. Uh, and biotechnology, I think the boom of biotechnology came along right at the right time in the mid-90s when I finished college. And it was an avenue that I hadn't considered even throughout college. Now you can get degrees in biotechnology, but in the mid-90s, it was still relatively in its early uh, early stages as an industry. You know, I've been inspired since I joined. So I ended up at a job fair in university I found my first job. And then from that point forward, the inspiration and attraction uh, came uh, from the patients that we serve and the people that we um, that were able to support. And again, I've been I've been hooked for 25 years, um, even working for different companies. You know, the central theme uh, throughout is really on patients. And it, you know, it's an industry that impacts people during times of great uncertainty. Um, and the work that we do uh, offers some hope during those hard times. Um, so to play even a small part in that um, is what drives me every day um, and keeps me you know, connected to the power that science can have to humanity. Yeah, that's really well said. I think we focus a lot with our partners on purpose and how companies can have purpose in a variety of ways. And so yours is really extra purposeful, I think, in times like this, like you said, in times of fear and uncertainty and how we can better other people's lives. Um, before we jump more into Avexis, I want to know, um, I know that you've been really active in the avenue of P-TECH. And when somebody first told me about P-TECH, I thought, what's P-TECH? What, is, what does that even mean? And then they described its pathways and technology. And there's really sort of a lot of that movement even across the country. Mm -hmm. And it, I, it was really fascinating on how it might help drive some career choices for young people. T tell mm -hmm. me about what you do with P-TECH. So I am very passionate about P-TECH. Um, even from when I first heard about it being part of our uh, state education system and coming to Longmont, I immediately wanted to be a part of it um, in one way, shape, or form. I believe in our industry, we've had um, some gaps over the years in how we recruit talent. We have uh, extremely um, talented 
folks coming from the great universities that surround us throughout the state of Colorado. Um, and that pathway is very well defined in how we recruit and uh, work with the universities and the students uh, in that in that aspect. But our industry can support a diverse set of backgrounds and a diverse set of aspirations. Um, and so P-TECH is really opening new doors and making those connections between the hardworking, talented students out there who are looking for meaningful careers. Um, and along with our industry partners, you know, we can help mentor them professionally. The program also has us collaborating as an industry because for the bioscience P-TECH program uh, that we're running with Falcon Tech, Avexis is supporting that along with other uh, industry partners with Tolmar and Agilent. Um, and the students get to experience early on what a career in bioscience, you know, what it might entail, what it might look like. Uh, by working directly with uh, the mentors from these companies. And together, what I'm um, really excited about is together we're building the workforce of the future for Colorado. And I think that's an important commitment we have as an industry that supports uh, the state going forward uh, to make sure we have a strong pipeline of talent across the board to service uh, our industry. And we've actually got some of our board members that are involved in P-TECH from, uh, you know, IBM and Apple and CSU Global and some others, I think, that are doing some work there. And it's it's so critical when you get the private sector involved, especially yeah. when you talk about what are pathways for careers and self-sufficiency and opportunity, like you said, for the next generation. Okay, so Sally, let's dive into your industry now. I'm so excited to hear more about bioscience as an industry in Colorado, in particular what Avexis does. Um, you oversee an exceptionally large facility just north of Denver, employing many Coloradans and working on innovations that are critical to not only the lives of people in Colorado, but around the world. Tell us more about um, what you do day to day and a little bit more about Avexis. Yeah, so I'd like to introduce Avexis. So Avexis is a Novartis company. Uh, we're reimagining the treatment of rare and devastating diseases with transformational gene therapies. Spinal muscular atrophy is a rare genetic disease that leads to the progressive muscle weakness, paralysis, and when left untreated in its most severe form, patients can end up on permanent ventilation or face death. So we're really redefining the possibilities for patients and families affected with SMA. The Avexa site in Longmont is a special campus. As you mentioned, it's got a great capacity the technology that we're using here, but most critically, the passionate, talented team that we have to really deliver these uh, life-changing therapies. Um, and along with our company values, which you mentioned uh, at the top of the uh, introduction, which I appreciate, the in of integrity, tenacity, and teamwork, we really look to deliver for our patients who are facing these rare genetic-based diseases. So in Longmont, we're currently working towards establishing the site as a licensed manufacturing site. So we recently joined uh, the Avexis family a little more than a year ago. Um, and so we're on our way to working towards uh, uh, obtaining our license from the various regulatory agencies. Okay. And then how, how important is innovation in bioscience? It seems like that's probably factor number one. You've got to yeah. continue to innovate and create with diseases and research. Tell me more about that. Yeah, I think uh, innovation is our bedrock. Um, it's really how we ended up with gene therapies uh, being available to patients today. We advance with innovation uh, all the time. You know, to stop at one therapy uh, is, is not enough. 
Uh, we want to apply this technology across other therapeutic areas. We intend to remain pioneering in this space as well. And in order to be a pioneer, you can never uh, let up on the uh, on the innovation. Innovating in many ways, too, not just within the science space, but ways of working, continuing to improve our processes and procedures so we can get to more patients uh, and deliver really the intended value of the therapeutics. Um, the framework that we have will enable new technologies to emerge uh, that further advance the space of gene therapy. Uh, when people sometimes think about pharmaceuticals, many things come to mind. You know, I think about saved lives, healthier lives, quality of life, but there's also sometimes people complain about high costs. And um, is that a fair criticism? Of your industry? Well, I will say it's a big and diverse industry, so there's not a, a singular answer to that uh, to that question. Um, I think as we look at supplying highly specialized therapeutics, the turn towards value-based pricing is a critical one. Uh, you know, traditional medicine has focused on treating chronic diseases, um, and so therefore, you know, pricing um, has reflected that model today. In gene therapy, we're providing single-dose treatments that alter the course of disease. Uh, the introduction of one-time administered gene therapies requires re-envisioning how we define the value of treatments, uh, as well as how our healthcare system manages the diagnosis, the treatment, the care, and associated costs for patients um, who are facing rare and ultra-rare diseases. And then I know sometimes even, uh, you know, when we think about costs or we think about some of these challenges or even having a large facility in a city like Longmont, there's public policy issues that sometimes come to play. And we at Colorado Business Roundtable, of course, represent employers and businesses because we know when business succeeds, Colorado succeeds, ultimately people succeed. So we're very uh, pro-business and um, try to look at public policies that help organizations like yours thrive and grow. Are there any particular public policy challenges on your radar right now in Colorado that might affect your ability to thrive and grow as a company? Well, we really advocate for policies that encourage innovation that we talked about before and really support patient access. Uh, so patients uh, have the benefit of the therapies. Um, there are currently some policies uh, proposed in Colorado that would mandate the disclosure of proprietary information uh, by pharmaceutical companies uh, and then implementing price controls on prescription drugs. And these policies uh, don't really get to the true barriers uh, to accessing care uh, for patients. Uh, and they could significantly uh, chill the future innovation for patients, again, as we've talked about through this. So to make a difference for patients, we need policies that expand beyond drug manufacturers to count for all participants in the pharmaceutical supply chain. Um, and these policies could risk diverting those resources away from focusing on patient access, and they could have unintended consequences of impending or excuse me, of impeding in innovation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and I think we, we talk a lot about those unintended consequences. When you put a law in place, what does that do to inhibit innovation, inhibit potentially capital expenditures that lead to additional innovation? You know, it's it's interesting, that cycle. And to come mm -hmm. at these things from a business standpoint, I think is so important, too. Of course, we're in such a different world now. You know, as we think about business planning back in January, you know, the world has shifted to, um, you know, a lot of fear now about health with COVID-19 and a lot of fear, of course, economically 
with the fallout. And, you know, even as the business community, we're talking about, about supply chains in a whole new way. And um, attention is really turning to your field as well to help find treatment and cures. How has COVID-19 affected your company's mission or maybe a sense of urgency? Well, with COVID-19 has really redefined how we work um, and really the criticality of what we do for the patients that we serve. As a pharmaceutical manufacturer, you know, we were considered an essential business and we remain focused on the health and well-being of our staff members first and foremost. We also were able to have the um, opportunity to partner recently with Massachusetts General um, on a, a clinical trial using the AAV platform to develop clinical material for a potential vaccine. And so that work is not happening here in Colorado, but Avexis is applying that uh, technology and expertise in that space uh, when that opportunity became uh, evident in that partnership. So we're excited to be able to do what we can where we can, and we've been able to maintain um, our operations um, and really discovered that there's a lot more flexibility in our industry uh, with respect to how we work uh, and where we work and what we can continue to do um, even when there's a public health crisis uh, surrounding us. Yeah, very top of mind. And how interesting that Avexis has a role to play potentially in these new treatments and vaccines. That's probably very fulfilling um, to be a part of that. And Sally, what's that like? I mean, we're, we're about to wrap up, but what's, what, how is that personally fulfilling for you to have a career where you have so much impact on people's lives? Again, not only now, but future forward. I mean, that's got to probably feel like you're doing, you know, your life's work is, is very, very impactful. It's one of the, um, certainly the single most rewarding part of what I do when we get to meet patients and their families and see the impact that the therapies that we have on uh, improving their lives, extending their lives, uh, small milestones uh, turn into heroic uh, efforts and achievements um, that we're able to play a part in. And it's very motivating to see what we can do, uh, again, not just to impact the direct patient, but the families. Uh, that surround them. And as it goes back to what I mentioned at the beginning and in giving people hope uh, when there's therapies out there, then there's hope for a different uh, outcome uh, when people are facing a devastating disease. Mm, I love that. And um, I think we all need more hope today, don't you think? Indeed. There's plenty to go around and we can all share it. Well, this has been a good reminder. And I show, so appreciate your time. I'm Sally Dyer with Avexis coming on our podcast for Colorado Business Roundtable and letting our partners who represent a large, broad business community know more about the good work that you're doing with your team up in just North Denver and knowing that we can support you know, what you're doing from a public policy standpoint, hopefully, so you can continue impacting people's lives. So thank you, Sally, for joining us today. Thank you, Debbie. Thanks for having me. This has been a presentation of the Colorado Business Roundtable. Be sure to check out all of our episodes on Podcatchers Everywhere at cobrt.com. Our technical producer is John Ekstrom and Deaf Communications. Thank you for listening to Profits and Purpose.